You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, shall we do the show? Yeah, one minute. I'm going to... I think we should be good. Um, all right. Uh, welcome to our first ever um, streamed live Yeah, we think. Show? Unless the technology has really let us down, I think we should be live. I think we're, I think we're streaming, baby. Um, okay, so we have the NBA draft lottery in like eight minutes. I'm on my couch. I'm wearing my Jimmy Butler... Um, I think these were like the like the Super Bowl jerseys that they wore. Yeah. Yeah. Um Julian what like are you ner- do you feel anything right now? Like No, I don't. <laughs> I, I I really think that this I mean winning anything here would be kind of a surprise, right? I think that Wolves fans have kind of set themselves up for disappointment because you know, everyone's kind of I think expecting to get something here while they're bracing for disappointment, but the, the odds that the wolves have a pick are they're low folks. They're low. Yeah. I think what 27%, uh, there's a funny tweet. Somebody said it was like Jarrett Culver's three, three point percentage. That was good. So it's, it's basically just like Jarrett Culver shooting. The thing is though, like in a weird way, like I, I I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. It's like when your mom gets you a gift for Christmas, like a month early, and then she says that on Christmas you're not going to get a gift. Like you what's know, the that, th- what's the month early Christmas gift? D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, maybe I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like that. You think like you know there's probably not going to be a gift, but if you got a gift, it would be like awesome. It, in the back of your mind, you're still like, eh, maybe I'll just still get a gift. Yeah, um, like that's kind of how I feel. The Timberwolves fan, like you, like there's only a 28 percent chance of getting it. You shouldn't get it. But at the same time, in the back of your head, you're like, I know we shouldn't get it, but that makes me feel like we will get it. Yeah. And that doesn't no. make any sense, I don't think. No, 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 I feel you, though, because I feel like most Wolves fans have already gone through the various stages of, oh, shit, we're going to lose our pick Yeah, when the Wolves started winning towards the end of the season. So hopefully now everybody's thinking this is going to be a huge disappointment. And then if, you know something good happens, then yay, something good happens. Although I, I don't think Wolves fans are particularly used to anything good happening. I am going to spin the tankathon once. Okay. Do you spin the tank the tankathon? Yeah, like one. I'm just doing it once. Okay. And I'm, I'm not fishing for what I want. All right, here we go. What did we get? Uh, we haven't yet. Simming. And the Wolves are giving their pick to Golden State with the seventh pick. Okay, let me do it. 
Can you see my screen? Uh, here, let me put it in the studio. Whoa. <laughs> All of the screens. <laughs> that's right. a that's a look. I'll stop. I'll stop sharing. Don't, yeah, there you go. Um, let me do my tankathon. <laughs> uh, Sim lottery. Oh, the wolves jumped up to two. You heard it here first. I mean, people. I will say that like we've talked about this before, and I've I give the wolves a lot of shit because I think that Russell trade was just really bad, and I think like Timberwolves fans overrate Russell because like he's like the closest thing resembling a star besides Cat. And like you just cling on to those things, so whatever. I mean, it's he's, like a coping mechanism, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> fine. But like everybody's like, oh, wait, whenever he was healthy last year, we were okay. It's like, well, okay is like the seventh seed. I don't want to be the seventh seed. Like you're trying to like everybody's like, well, we could be Phoenix. It's like, no, you can't because you don't have the cap room to sign somebody like Chris Paul. Yeah. So I, like I don't like. I guess that's my art. I mean, the thing is, if they get a top three pick, though, like that, I don't think people. I mean, people probably do realize because Timberwolves fans are pretty smart, but like. It just changes the trajectory Huge of this deal. franchise by like you can't even describe it. Obviously, you still have to make the top the pick, but it seems like the top three or four guys are like consensus, anyways. Um, so you just kind of you know pick who falls into your lap. But like if all of a sudden you have Edwards, Cunningham, Suggs, Mobley, what what pick your whoever, um, Towns, Ru- like if Russell's like an afterthought, which he won't be, because he'll be the like I mean, he's not as bad as I as I portray him to be, but like, he's also, I, I don't, I think best case scenario for D'Angelo Russell is like, he's like a six man on a sure, like very, like a, like a team that can win the finals unless he can change it. So he's not so ball dominant, but um, it's right. like, that's a, that's like franchise altering. Um, yeah. What were you well, you have to, well, I've just, you have to remember that though, if you go on Twitter and look, uh, the wolves will be trading uh, a Kogi and Culver for miles Turner and Ben Simmons. Um, mm. so once those guys get in, I think, I think things will look up a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it, like, I guess we can talk about the playoffs a little bit before this, but like, yeah. is there a way, like we, I think we, we might've talked about the Simmons in our podcast yesterday, but, um, like, is there a way wherever Ben Simmons goes now, like whatever team gets him, gets him for super cheap. And like the narrative starts to flip. I mean, it's kind of inevitable, right? Because yeah. no team's gonna. I mean, because Philly has no leverage. Because clearly, their franchise is a bit of a dumpster fire, and they need to trade Simmons because that relationship is just broken. And so that's so whatever team gets him, unless he's really truly awful for the rest of his career, which seems extremely unlikely, they will be getting him for a discount. And then that narrative will flip because all of a sudden he isn't this guy with expectations. He's this guy who was brought in for cheap. And you know, I feel like that's kind of the same thing that's happening with Wiggins. Like yeah. the Wiggins narrative, it's not as it's a little different because Ben Simmons is a lot better, but but it's like I don't know. Now that Wiggins isn't the franchise savior and he's the guy who can be productive. Well, you and I have talked about this before. With like, I think we talked about Al Horford. Yeah, he's one of those guys that gets so like where he's underrated that he gets that he ends up actually getting overrated. Yeah, and like this everybody isn't the case. says he's underrated. It's not the case with Simmons right now, but like. You know, we thought he was this like franchise altering guy, and he sh- he should be, and then he's not, and then he'll like we'll shit on him for the next six months, uh-huh. and then we'll and then in the regular season next year he'll be really good, and he'll make all NBA defense first team, and yeah. then we'll be like, oh my god, like Ben Simmons is good again, and then the, like the big, I mean, Stephen A. Smith, um, I think he had a report today, or he read it out in the show, so I don't know, 
I don't know what you call those. Like or he said, somebody texted him. Well, it's close tough to with Stephen A. Smith because sometimes he's just saying shit. Yeah. Right. So I don't. I don't, yeah. Calling it a report might be. Uh, but might be I think he said that somebody texted him saying that like Ben Simmons like throughout his career hasn't really worked that hard. Um, everything's kind of given to him, and I don't know about any of that. But I will say, if you're in the NBA for four or five years, and the one flaw in your game that everybody's been talking about is that you can't shoot, and like you have yet to even like try yeah like that seems that that's like michael kidd gilchrist i remember how bad he was and like he changed his whole shot he i think he switched hands um well he was still bad he was still bad but like <laughs> at, at least he tried where yeah. like with with ben simmons it's like there's it doesn't even seem like every off season there's there's like a video of him playing at like a ymca um and you're like oh he's gonna shoot and then he fools you and he i don't know yeah that's tough it's it's hard to say. I don't know enough about Bet Simmons. Like I, I don't want to just say kind of out of the blue, like, oh, it's an effort thing. Like he's just not trying. But yeah. at the same time, you do feel like there are guys in the league and you do feel that with how important shooting is, these guys should be learning how to shoot. And I know it's easier said than done. So I don't want to like shit on them for that. But it's tough. I don't know. It's tough for it's tough that he is such a it's and with Simmons, it's interesting because it's if he could shoot, he would be incredible. You know, it's not, this is not a small thing. This is not like a bit player who is kind of could add shooting to their arsenal. Like he's a guy who the only thing holding him back from being like potentially like a first or second team, all NBA guy is his shooting. Right. Well, what, I mean, yeah, you know, you're, I mean, you're, what else can't he do? Right. Like if he shoots 30% from the three point line. Um, okay. Let's go back into wolves. So Julian, let's say the wolves, they get the pick. We went over that. Like it's, it's legitimately a franchise altering move. And it probably saves Gerson Rosas's job. I know this because is Gerson. If, Gerson is nervous because if they don't, if they don't make the playoffs next year, I think Rosas. So I've heard rumblings from inside that organization, not from like any, well, I think more so from like outside probably media sources, I guess. I don't know. Um, but basically the, just like that, the, the, the new ownership hasn't taken over yet. And there's already like nerves in like, I think oh, from, sure. from, from leadership. So I, I would just, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that means, but like, we, we, I mean, it's not, it's not a surprise. Okay. So let's say if the wolves don't get the pick, which is the, uh, that's the, that's the yeah. favorite. Um, what is the biggest, uh, like what, what do the wolves do this off season? What's their need? What, like, how do they get there? Uh, I mean, that's a tough question. There's it's, they're kind of screwed. Um, I mean, I guess you have to try to trade for another probably power forward starting quality big um, or I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what you think about Malik Beasley because theoretically you have a backcourt, right? Like if you don't get this pick, then you have to kind of stick with your backcourt unless you can trade Russell. But that's kind of this trading low thing that we're talking about. And I don't think they should do that. So I guess you try to trade for or sign a starting quality kind of three, I mean, four, and then try to fill in with vets. I mean, it gets really tough. It's just they're in a tough situation. We talked about this last year, um, or m- maybe right after like Anthony Edwards started to get good, that um, like he gives he gives the Wolves some flexibility. Yeah, because you can use Malik. Yeah, where I think, and, and like honestly, like the Rubio 19 million expiring gives you some wiggle room too, because, you know, if a team knows it's going to lose somebody like I, I don't know what Mike Miles Turner contract looks like, but if a team knows it's going to lose another star, 
you know, you might as like, you'd rather get that expiring or whatever. So, I mean, you, you have some weird trade pieces. You don't have any cap space. So like, no. I mean, the, the, the only outgoing free agents are, uh, Ruby or, uh, sorry, uh, McLaughlin, um, Ed Davis and, uh, power forward, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So I mean, the wolves will be capped out if they have this pick. Yes. But like, but you, yeah, I mean, and, but then the, the, the thing is like, you could see Beasley getting traded. The thing is like his contract is so nice. If you want to open up room to get like a center or something. Um, and, and then on the flip side of that is like, you have all, you also have the problem of you have guys like Josh Kogi and um, Jarrett Culver and Culver probably has more value um, as far as like a trade piece. Cause he's still so young, but I think a Kogi adds more value to a team right now. Um, I don't know, but you have two guys that like in, in your backcourt that are like probably unplayable. If you're a good team, like you, you got to figure out something to do with them. Um, and I would, I would be shocked if they weren't, um, you know, part of a trade. And we have Anthony Edwards being interviewed right now on, on ESPN. Nice. Um, I don't know what he's saying. Cause I don't know the volume on, I have Rachel Nichols on my ESPN and yeah, she's you, also muted. Am I you on might the wrong? Be, no, you're on the right. You are you delayed? That's the question. Uh, maybe. So let's check it out. Oh yeah. There's Anthony Edwards in our I'm gonna, own office. I'm going to break, I'm going to break news to you then when this lottery happens. Uh, no, I'm back. Okay. Like you're all what caught up. Saying? Picks revealed in 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Okay. I think I'm a little ahead of you, but that's, that's okay. Right. Well, you can react and then I'll, and then I'll react. That's what happens when you pay um, an extra $400 a month for um, Xfinity. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Kyle. Thank you. Yeah. It's really great. Um, every funny. time I, every time I Venmo request from Jenna, she's, I mean, to be, I'll be honest. I don't think she's going to, well, she listens to every episode, so she will know. I ask her for like $30 less per month for, for cable because I don't want her to know how much I'm actually paying. So. Well, you just gave up the game, so I don't know what yeah, to tell you. I know. But these are just little things, you know, when you're about no, to no, get no, married. It, it. It's just those little things that you go, eh. Yeah. Does she need to know that our cable package is like $240? No. Jeez Louise. We'll just pay for it. But you can uh, watch the wolves, unlike me. So it's well, I mean, after this, I mean, I guess late last year they were kind of fun, but uh, yeah. it's like also it it's one of those things where like going into it, it, like we always talk about it in training camp, where it's like it's always this per all these players are in the best shape of their lives. And then like you look back six months after the fact and it's not really a story anymore. It's the same thing at the end of every Timberwolves season when they start to play like okay or there's like little glimmers. It's we, yeah, we, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I do feel good because it was a little different this year because I got some guys back that were injured and Chris Finch, who I will say I was wrong. I don't think they handled the, the Chris Finch hiring the, in the right way. Right. But with all the coach, coach openings this year, they did a good job by going out and getting him because it's he, true. He probably would have been gone by now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just don't know how optimistic I feel about like a 15 game sample size when everybody, like all the numbers told you that they should probably keep losing so they could keep their pick. But yeah, that's what tough. Do, what do I know? What's your favorite uh, NBA draft story? My favorite NBA draft story. Hmm. Or favorite NBA draft. Or, or favorite NBA draft lottery story, since we are, after all, 
Well, I mean, in the old days in the wolves office, we would order a bunch of food up in that room. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think my, honestly, the, one of my the old days of 2018, <laughs> the, old, the good old days, um, you know, I was at the Carl Anthony Towns draft. Um, and that, that was a lot of fun. We got to hang out with Carl the whole night and uh, Flip Saunders called, called us and we were able to give the phone right to Carl. Um, and Carl talked to Flip and, uh, you know, said he loved him and thank you so much for drafting me. And, you know, it was pretty cool in the moment, yeah, but especially totally. when you look back now, um, you know, that was super cool. Cause you know, we, I guess, you know, none of us knew how close Flip was um, kind of to the end there and how much that re really meant to him. Cause he probably had an idea too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that was a really fun draft. I mean, that was crazy because like the Kristaps Porzingis Knicks fan, when, after, oh, you, you know, yeah. that, that video, he was literally like 20 feet from us. Um, you know, so, so that was fun. All the NBA lotteries are a lot of fun. Um, I think like the most interesting draft is like the Culver draft because, um, you know, I don't know oh how God. much, like, I don't know how much I can say, but like, basically like we got, like, we got basically, that did, that did not go how the wolves wanted. It. We got told that the first pick was going to be maybe, uh, Darius Garland. And like, you never know, like when you hear from, from people, um, and then Garland got picked and then you heard that it was going to be Kobe white. So we're trying to prep content and like, it wasn't Kobe white either. And then it was Culver. So like, like, I don't know if they were unprepared or I don't know if they were like sending us smoke screens too, but that was a really odd draft day. I never liked Culver. Yeah. I like him as a personality and it oh, sucks. I mean, he's a nice guy. Yeah. It, it sucks. Cause I think I like, I had him on for a podcast and like we, t we talked and we, he followed me on Twitter actually. And then, I think I tweeted something bad about him. Not bad, but just like he can't shoot or something. And he liked my tweet and then he unfollowed me. So, oh my God. Um, You're right. Just, You're right. But I have to do this. Yeah. Like, I respect sorry. your opinion, but I'm out. <laughs> I, to, uh, you know, preserve my honor. I must block you. Yeah. Um, so well, I blocked I, you also, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah. But, and we got a question. Um, oh, wow. Joe Cronenberg, our good friend what draft night is like. Um, okay. So internally like draft lottery night is pretty wild. Um, because like from a content perspective, which I don't know if they do this anymore, but hopefully they do is you're basically, you're putting out a press release of the pick you get. Oh, I um, think we, do we get the picks? No, I think it's going to go oh, to no. commercial. Okay. Um, and then you, um, you know, you like we always put together a gallery of like, the top players all like ever taken sixth overall. Yeah, and that gets like that gets a shit ton of views. It's and then fun. you and then you write an article. Now draft day is crazy because um, again, each team is different with how you prep for NBA content. Um, not all teams have content teams like we did, and ours doesn't either, where you don't have like a dedicated writing staff. Um, but when they did, um, I thought we did probably the best job in the league of. Um, compiling all the draft profiles. So Julie and I would literally sit there for like, I don't know, eight hours a day. Ten, I guess ten hours, yeah. Of literally just like watching film and writing about these guys and doing so in a way that's like not super negative. Um, like right, because 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 we cause could draft could, anyway. Could, so we we can't go back in the CMS and be like, uh, actually, well, we love this guy. Well, you can. Well, but yes, you can. Um, no, like, so that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy because, you know, you're looking for trades and then 
the, I mean, like the, the crappy thing is sometimes you make a pick, but you can't announce it until later. So all these other outlets are, you know, getting all these page views and or you're not trade even, the pick. Yeah. And then but yeah. the trade's not official. And so you have to pretend like you have the guy. Yeah. Like you're like, Hey, we drafted so-and-so <laughs> and it's like, uh, um, no, it's a lot of fun though. It's, it's kind of a grind of a night. And then the next day. So it's funny that Carl Anthony Towns draft, we were in New York, Noah Furchie and I, um, uh, a very talented videographer for the Timberwolves. We um, we were in New York and we, we shared a room. We didn't get back to our hotel room until like 3 or 4 a.m. And our flight was at 7 a.m. So basically it was like two hours of sleep. And then we flew back to Minneapolis and that's when they had like that little, they have like your day after press conference. They have a press conference in the, in the team city. Yep. And I remember I, I yeah. was, I was, doing a live interview with Fox nine when I got back from back to the office. And I remember I watched, you know, I didn't seem, I didn't feel like I looked that tired. I had a bunch of coffee and whatever. <laughs> uh -oh. I remember going home that night, probably at like nine or 10 PM. And I think we went out for like a beer or two after and watching that interview again. And I was like, Oh my God, I look like I'm like, I look like I'm dead. Um, I, I, say, I say this Ryan. as I say this as we do live on YouTube, but I live, is tough mm -hmm. even even under the best of circumstances like i used to remember i used to do those radio spots yeah for those uh the guys who covered the links on like south dakota yeah the, um yeah. That, those were always fun but those stressed me out more than anything else i did and so like doing it on zero do, doing tv on zero sleep it's yeah tough. yeah um yeah those are i mean traffic nights are pretty wild um you're you're kind of watching everything because like I mean, one of the, the probably the most hectic one was a Jimmy Butler one where yeah. you trade for Jimmy Butler and you get rid of Zach. And that's where, I mean, and, and that like is a Zach fan. Zach was your guy too. Yeah. yeah and, and as a fan, I understand the Zach, like you get rid of him. But for those in the office, like I cannot stress enough, like how good of a person and a human he was that like, it was one of those things like, okay, we're going for, we're going to try to make the playoffs with Jimmy Butler for my, with my, you know, the first time I would make the playoffs as an employee, but then also you see this guy that when I got hired with the Wolves, I was 23. Zach was 18 when he got drafted. So in a sense, like we grew up in our careers together and like we yeah. got to hang out with each other. I mean, that sucked um, to lose yeah. him. But, um, but you guys reconnected. We did in Chicago uh, last year. Um, it was good. It was good. Um, Julian, out of the teams in the top three to get the pick, uh, Houston – Detroit and Orlando. What team benefits the most? Well, no, how about let's do this. What team is hurt the most by like falling out of the top five or top four? What are the three teams? Uh, Houston, Detroit, and Orlando. I think it's Orlando. Yeah, I think you're right. Probably not Houston. I think like you can, I don't know. I think Houston, they have some talent. Orlando, I guess, has some talent, depending on what you consider Markel Fultz and if you think Jonathan Isaac is coming back. Detroit, I don't know. That would be pretty brutal, too. They got some pretty rough uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this, this lottery is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of teams are going to get good players this year. Yeah, and it just seems like maybe it's just because I'm not plugged in like I used to be. But like basically, if Houston falls, um, that pick can go to OKC. Mm -hmm. um, Wasn't there something with the Bulls pick too? Or did the Bulls have a pick? 
you know what? Don't Jermaine? they have the Magic's pick? If isn't it top four or something? Yes. Uh, so I guess it'd definitely be the Magic if they lose that pick, or maybe it's top five. I think the Magic owe their pick to Chicago from the Vooch trade. Yeah. So maybe uh, no. The Thunder. It's a top four protected pick. So if the Rockets fall to five, they would get the pick. So I think theoretically, Oklahoma City could get the first pick and the fifth pick. Um, Did I just well, make up that thing about the Bulls? I no, you have. didn't. Uh, it's a top four protected pick. Okay. So the Bulls get it if it's uh, if it's outside of – no, sorry. The Bulls get it if it is a top four pick. Yes, sorry. Nice and otherwise the Magic, the magic get it. Get it. Yep. Right, it's not so the, the Magic pick going to the Bulls. It's the Bulls pick going to the Magic. Yes. So the right. ma- I mean, the Magic could – I mean, the Magic right now are slotted to have two picks in the top eight – um, yeah. I mean, and then you look at some of these other teams like outside of the top 10 that like you look at a team like New Orleans, like if they got the number one pick, which they only have a four and a half percent chance. Oh, to, my God, dude. But even but even in the top three and you look at New Orleans or Charlotte um, moving on up and, and, and Charlotte's only at one point eight percent. So that's that's not very likely. But like, I, I mean, and then like Oklahoma City, man, I I know. I mean, they, they just got Kemba, and we'll see if they keep him or, like, what they decide to do there. But, I mean, eventually they're going to have to, like, try to figure out how to win because, like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander won't want to stay there forever. But I mean, they have to turn those picks into players at some yeah. point. So do you put the Wolves more in the camp of the kind of magic, like these kind of bad teams who – need to have help or do you put them in the te- in the camp of teams more like the uh, Pelicans or the, you know, who, who are like a piece away from actually being good. Yeah. I think they're probably more like the Pelicans. Um, but so I mean, you're not, so you're not worried that D'Lo is just gonna like put up a ceiling on how good the Wolves are. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I think they're probably more like the Pelicans and like, the Thunder are a totally different team. Like they just have so much energy and heart, but they got heart. They do, but like maybe the maybe missing the, ingredient. You know, maybe a team more like the Kings, right? Where like, you know, they have a player like De'Aaron Fox who's probably comparable to Towns. Yeah. Um, you know, they have Halliburton who's a really nice piece. They have Buddy Heald. Like they have nice players. Um, but you know, we'll why see. were they so bad? I think Luke Walton might not be a very good coach. Well, definitely not. I think that's, that's kind of We're really seeing in the playoffs how important coaching is. Ooh, number 14. Here we go. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, the Warriors. Well, watch it be the – it's the Warriors? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm behind again. Do you want me to, can I spoil this for you? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'll just watch you. I'll watch you watch the, the lottery. Warriors. Is that the Wolves pick? No. No, it's, it's, this, is, <laughs> this is the pay- – This is the Pacers? Yep. Uh, number cool. 12 is the Spurs. Okay. So right now we're chalk. Now this is where things get, in- get interesting. Like you have the the Hornets. Uh, okay, the Hornets are 11. So and now this chalk. is the Pelicans could be 10, or they could move up. And I kind of want them to move up. It's the Pelicans at 10. Oh, so much for moving up. So completely chalk so far, Julian. So chalk would be seven for the Wolves, right? Um, six. Six, okay. Uh, the Kings are at nine. Okay. So still chalk. Damn, chalk is not good. Although it's good that another team didn't jump. 
uh, pick eight. So this is the Orlando Orlando's pick. Oh wow! I think that means Orlando fell. Was that was that Orlando? I think Orlando fell from three to eight. Ooh, baby! Right? Like somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, because they don't automatically correct it in the thing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that's not the Bulls pick. Oh, it might be actually because they say at the bottom from yeah. the team. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, the Warriors, the Wolves pick went to seven. Dang. Okay. That makes sense. Instant reaction. Um, well, I'll tell you after. Uh, Oklahoma City is at six. So they, they fell back two spots. Yeah. That means the Raptors moved up. Ooh, that's kind of clutch for them. It is. Okay, okay, so right so now the Raptors and the Cavaliers are for sure in the top four. Okay. So number five is the Magic. So the Magic have five and eight. So that kind of sucks for them in like does. a four-player draft. Yep. So it's, it's the that, Cavs, the Raptors. So now the, the uh, it looks like Cavs, Raptors, um, Detroit, and Houston. Oh, yeah. Well – RIP to the Wolves. Kirsten Rosas. Uh, that's right. It was nice knowing you. I wonder how Wolves Twitter is doing. Let's find out. I mean, honestly, though. That's fine. It, it's just a number like, seven pick. Right, because I think Andy from Punch Drunk Wolves kind of talked about how if you were the number four pick, then it becomes like all of a sudden Cunningham or one of those guys falls. Huge to, disaster, yeah. And then it's, a, then it's a mess because then you like – Number seven, it's like, I mean, depending on who the player is, I guess. But like, if you basically just have to give up the seventh pick to get Wiggins, or to get out of and Wiggins' contract to get Russell, I mean, that's a big win. So I like, depending on who the player is, I, I still don't think Russell's good. I think he's better than Wiggins. Um, uh, Katie Davidson says, "Excited for days we're nervous over a game seven instead of a draft order." Well, it's not coming anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I, we've talked a lot about this, how it's pretty much entirely psychological because they traded the pick before it converted. So it really doesn't matter what the pick is unless it's yours. Like if it's four through seven, I guess the argument then would have been you should have kept it and traded it after because it has more value. It's like, did you trade it for more value than it has now? And I would say, arguably, they did not. I think the take on Twitter, that like, would I, you would you do that? Would you do this trade now? No. If you were the Warriors. Yes. So okay, and you would still not do it if you're the Wolves. No. Okay, I think because I, I think I would. Well, it's hard because like if you know you're getting Anthony Edwards, and if you know you're getting Malik Beasley then like you probably like Wiggins probably doesn't fit in. And I mean, it's a better fit, but like I probably align more with, I guess for me, it's just like an irresponsible pick to give up a top three protected pick the next year. When like, I think there was just this irrational confidence and I get like injuries happened, but injuries happen for every team. Um, there, there was just like these irrational confidence that the wolves were going to be good this year. Yeah. From, from, it's a bad assessment of the, the front team. office and it's basically a, a bad bet on yourself. Um, yeah. I think like the, the, the take that I'm, I align with most 
is from Andy from Punch Drunk Wolves. He said, the debt is paid at seven. Bad trade. It is what it is. Um, Andy brings up the seventh pick is also where the Warriors took Steph Curry thanks to the Timberwolves. So, oh, good. Um, some history there. So what's the year that all the high schoolers are going to become eligible? Well, I think it was they were thinking next year, right? Um, so so maybe it's it's probably better to give up that pick this year because isn't it probably unprotected next year? Well, I think it's somebody would have to somebody would have to. Uh, no, I'm also guessing. So yeah, I think like they were saying 2022 possibly for eligibility, but I mean, there's so many ways around this now where you're getting players in G League where they're not going to to college, but they still have to wait a year to enter the draft. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tricky. Okay. Uh, okay. So there's four teams. Um, gosh. Are you trying I, to name the teams? No, I'm, I, I'm more so trying to reply to these Twitter. People are responding on Twitter saying like, how is it a bad trade? The talent versus four is versus seven is way different. And I, well, yeah, I mean, I do get that, but like also, yeah, I, I, I well, you can't. Right. My thing is, you can't have. I mean, it's like this emotional reaction to to have. If you think it's a good trade and you like D'Lo on the Wolves, then you like it, whether it's four or seven, right? Because you traded in unprotected or like a pick that was top three protected. So exactly. you have to hate the protections and say they should have protected it more, or they shouldn't have added the pick, or yeah. you have to be okay with it because, like, you don't well, get to pick like this. And I just, I, I think it's funny how like we, like, fuck. Like these, we, we get all these experts, right? Where it's like the talent at four to seven is so different. It's like the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> you, I bet that like the people who say that, like you don't even know, and I don't even know because I haven't like I haven't done research on this draft. But like, look at the player, like look at player sort history that were taken from like six to nine compared to the players that picked at four. Like I guarantee you that there are huge stars in that six to nine area or or at seven. So and and so I, I guess what I like you you nailed it like it, it shouldn't be about like which pick it was i mean obviously like you get to pick first if you have four and that team should get the higher like yeah. the, the more talented player but also i mean coming from a like for a team assessing talent like with the current wolves like you drafted culver and there was about 15 other players that you should have taken over him um uh, including and, the one that got taken with your pick you know, I would yeah. rather have Dario and Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson, both of whom are better than Culver. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it, it, the lottery obviously the pay, a pick is an asset, but if you screw it up every time, <laughs> it doesn't exactly. matter. And maybe that's like the argument, right? Where you're like, well, if we were going to screw up the pick anyways, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're down right, to the final four. Um, Kobe Altman looks different than I thought he would. I don't so know number I four was the Raptors. Okay. Number three is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. So this is going. They're doing this weird thing where they're just like. They're taking them away. <laughs> yeah. Number two is the Rockets. Wow. And the number one pick, the Detroit Pistons. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Because the Rockets already have a center. Yeah, I mean, they probably go Suggs. Right, so are you going to go Mobley to the Cavs? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
or the Rockets just try doing so, or Mobley and Christian Wood together because they're both pretty versatile. Christian yeah. Wood, does he play the four? Because he can play the four. Well, and like I don't think I think like if you get like a top three pick, you're just taking whoever's first on your like. I mean, I guess not, yeah, you're, right. That's you're probably not worried about Christian Wood. Yeah, that's true. He might be. He might be not worth worrying. I was about. kind Although, of interested to see if like if a team like the the Raptors, which they still could. Uh, yeah, I was kind of curious to see if they would move into the top three. Yeah, because for them they're different because you could see like if I if I were the, the Raptors, I would instantly try to turn that into okay, uh, Wizards. We'll give you number the number two pick. Uh, like we need Bradley Beal. Yeah, like, I mean, do you think the Warriors are going to keep their picks? Because that's the other thing is you know seven Warriors and fourteen trade those for put those in a package for Bradley Beal or someone. Yeah, it seems unlikely that they keep both those picks. Yeah. Especially because you have Clay coming back. And I think they showed this year that they're going to be better than we thought they'd be. And they get Clay back. And Wiseman's probably better next year. Um, it's really interesting. This is a really interesting group of teams to have at the top compared to who the top guys in this draft are. Because the Pistons, too, it's like they just took. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. We're going to talk about this a lot. But yeah, I think we're going to see some trades. Uh, so the Wolves, uh, just to refresh people, they will not have a pick unless they trade for it um, in this draft, which I would imagine they'll trade for like a second round pick. Um, they'll they'll do something to, to stay involved. But um, Gerson, will, Gerson will do something to try to stay relevant. Yeah, so no pick. Um, yeah, kind of an underwhelming night, but Wolves, so basically Wolves lose their pick to Golden State. Uh, the D'Angelo Russell debt has been paid. The Wolves ended up trading the number seventh pick this year, Russell, uh, second round pick, and um, um, for for Andrew Wiggins. Let me see the exact trade because I want to pull up to see that second round pick. Is it going to be an All Star? Um, a twenty twenty one second round pick. Oh. Um. Yeah, so the Warriors will have that. Um, we'll see. Which I mean, let's not underrate that either, because that's like a that'll be like the number like 35, 36 pick, which can be valuable. Um, and then the other players in that trade, Jacob Evans no longer with the Wolves, and Amari Spellman no longer with the Wolves. So um all right. All right. Uh big shout out to DraftKings. We love you guys. Um, you guys are great. Uh yeah, uh, this has been fun. We had we actually had more viewers than I thought we would on our live stream. Yeah, um, six or seven at one point. Um, all right. Well, cool. Julian, this has been fun. Appreciate you, man. Good stuff. Thanks, Thanks everybody watching. Thanks for we'll watching. do this more often.